Welcome to another episode of the Neoliberal Round Podcast. Today we continue with part three. Well, today we continue with the series on looking at Caribbean, diasporan, and Pan-African perspectives. But before we do that, um, there are several news that we need to get to. And um, just recently, I on May 24th, if, you, if you're not aware, an 18-year-old Salvador Ramos fatally shot 19 students and two teachers and wounded seven other people at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas. And this is in the United States. And of course, some time ago, we talked about another 18-year-old killing 10 African-Americans, and that happened sometime in June. And there has been um, a rise in crime and violence, and I'm in Germantown, Philadelphia, where two African-American young men were fatally shot and killed at the corner of True and Shelton Avenue, and one young lady, I understand, was um, injured. And that is what's going on in our society, rise in crime and violence. And of course, there is this talk of curbing gun violence, and I actually was um, um, reading the news recently where I, I got a report that the Supreme Court just struck down New York gun law, making it easier for Americans to carry handguns. And I was interviewing Reverend Dion Jackson of the Rehab Cathedral, and I, my apologies, it's the Rehab Cathedral in Atlanta, where, and at, towards the end of the interview, he talked about, um, oh, in one night, seven persons were killed, were, were killed in Atlanta, and he talks about how Atlanta is becoming one of the murder capitals of the, of the world. And 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 I have and I have said over and over, it is that gun that guns don't kill people; people kill people. And there are several things that's happening in society that we need to get to, that we need to respond to, in order to re- to re- to truly deal with the issue of gun violence. And of course, there's more news that's coming in. Um, we, um, we know that uh, the Senate has advances bipartisan gun safety bill overcoming the f- a filibuster recently. Um, uh, President Joe Biden's administration agrees to cancel another $6 billion in student loan debt for defrauded borrowers. And um, those are some of the um, news that for the day. But um, it's quite alarming as it relates to what's happening. But the Supreme Court on Thursday invalidated a New York law that requires state residents to have proper cause to carry a handgun. And, um, and of course, we know that Reverend Dion Jackson said in Atlanta they have loosened some of the gun restrictions there. So, um, but, but as I said to you, as a society, we need to look at a comprehensive approach to dealing with the issue of guns. We'll be right back after these messages and we'll get into part three of Caribbean, Pan-African and Diasporan Thought. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back after these messages.
any questions so far about the issue, the concepts of thought as we talked about Caribbean thought and we think of, we talk about di the importance of the ability to be able to trace thought, dissect it so as to, to arrive at something credible. Now, any questions so far, guys? Good. I don't want any question yet because there's something very important I want to I want to share with you. Uh, where's my documents? Uh, documents. Good. Um, you're gonna see this question on the exam. Just so you know, the question of who we are and what we are. I'm gonna talk about this, and I'm gonna be talking. I'm gonna talk about this in a second. The question of um. And that's part of the whole course that we're looking at. Uh, I want to go into a lecture with you guys about um, class assignment, lecture notes, here we go. Last week we talked about tracing and defining Caribbean thought, it's concepts and meanings. Um, and we looked at from 1492 and we traced, we looked at this briefly, sugar plantation, I think I shared this with you guys today. I don't know. Maybe I didn't. If not, I'm going to share it with you again. Um, we talk um, where I would... Go ahead. Good, good. So, Tracing Caribbean Thought as 1492 Columbus. Uh, knowledge, religion, people, wealth, etc. This is, this is just a, a brief outline. I was trying to diagram it for you and I will probably diagram it um, next, I sent you a diagram of a historical diagram that shows tracing Caribbean thought. 1492, Christopher Columbus. Of course, he had the, the ulterior motive was gold, profit, greed speaks to international competition and capital. And of course, we talk about slave trade, sugar plantation, heroes and maroons, abolition and riots and loss. We talk about the fact that slavery was abolished because after all of the rioting, the British people saw. Now it's becoming expensive to keep slaves. Wait, let us, we can still have labor without having to deal with, having to take care of all these people and loss. And of course we move to free, we talk about indentured servitude, okay? And then from that we move to now, uh, with the coming of the Jews, the Jews, the coming of the Chinese, the coming of the Indians, blacking work, work for wages, war and anti-imperialism. And then the issue of nationalism and national ideologies from the 1940s to the 80s. And in the 60s, that was brought, of course, in 1945 to 50s, so, um, Israel became a nation again, and of course, um, independence in other countries. Um, in the 1970s, the oil crisis, mass migration between the 50s and the 80s. We have the Manly and Seattle government between the, the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. Castro and Cuba. We talk about um, the Grenadian government and Bishop. My, the my, migration and brain, and, and brain drain are some issues we deal with, remittances. And then, of course, Caribbean identity. And when we talk about the Caribbean identity, we talk about struggle. What is it that identified Caribbean people? The struggle, the conquest, the schizophrenia. I mean, by when we talk about schizophrenia, we're talking about between, uh, uh, working between two polars, uh, Marxism and, social, and socialism, America and Soviets and so on. Talk about poverty, inequality. And then, of course, dependent capitalism, where we are capitalists, but we are, we, 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 we have our hand out all the time. And then once we receive whatever is left, 
we compete, but of course we, we still have income inequality in this country, where those at the top get the, the, the best of what is left, and those at the bottom get whatever is left. And of course we talk about corruption being a problem, crime and violence, and how all of this is created, and globalization. And of course we look about the future. If the Caribbean is an invention of the 20th century, it seems certain to be. And of course we said the word, if the Caribbean is an invention, and of course the Caribbean is an invention, okay? Um, it's an invention. We talk about the Caribbean as part of the new world. Okay? So if it's an, so the Caribbean is an invention. And we are part of an invention. We are part of the new world. A newly created world. A newly created world order. It seems certain to be reinterpreted. And so therefore, if the Caribbean is an invention, you, 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 you ask the question, what part of the machinery am I fueling so it, it seems certain to be reinterpreted in, in perhaps your... So therefore, the, question, the next question is, if we're an invention, then we have to be reinterpreted and perhaps transcended in the 21st century. That's what we are doing towards the future. If, if we are an invention in the 20th century, then we need to be reinterpreted and transcend that in the 21st century. By, okay, by recapturing our own culture and faith and music and sports and opportunities for science and technology and looking at brain drain as an export value and capitalizing on information and technology when you talk about the Caribbean community you're talking about the Caribbean community must be seen as a collective sense yet it yet what I will I will when I when I, at the end of this class I will come to a conclusion and I will say the Caribbean has this collective sense, yet it is haphazard and not strategically effective and targeting. Okay, I will talk about independent interdependence and CARICOM to to come talk about looking at the Caribbean as an interdependent set of people and nations. Okay, who need to now recapture. Or reinterpret themselves for the future and that means then by revisiting our history and by being objective about it and that is what we're talking about so what is Caribbean talk we said and we already looked at any talk any talk about Caribbean thought we begin with a discussion as to what is meant by that But when we hear of Caribbean, we say that we think of beautiful islands of paradise with sun and sea and sand and reggae music and cannabis and Irish people like Usain Bolt. But the course analyzes that motive given the current economic and political situation in the Caribbean and their inability to chart their own futures since decolonization and realize political independence and economic prosperity. Or is it that they are charting their own course by the few corrupt who are benefiting from partnerships with the neoliberal regime of the Washington Consensus? We said that the course is interdisciplinary and it draws on the students' knowledge and ability to challenge and critically analyze and develop their own thinking within a Caribbean context, given our challenges and opportunities. It forces students to not just think critically, but to be able to explore solutions. For consideration for this hypothesis, I must hasten to say 
that I am biased by my own experience as a post-colonial man living in a post-industrial superpower. The question I ask is, what voice do I have? If any. And what are the threats to that voice? What voice do I have? What voice do you have as a Caribbean thinker living in Jamaica? And what are the threats to that voice? Here, my, here we are thinking about having a Caribbean thought clash um, and having Caribbean journal where we, where we talk about international and local issues and create influence. I am here, my talking about having a voice, and but what's the threat to that voice? But we will consider Caribbean and Afro thinkers such as Fanon and his contemporaries who have questioned whether Caribbean countries such as Jamaica are really free of external control and power, and that this illusion of a free of a freedom comes from a dominant globalist worldview within which they find themselves competing against two forces vying for control. East versus West, Marxist socialist ideology versus Adam Smith Keynesian free market principle. However, they, they, however, they may view a Marxist way out, given their past with the West and Western capitalist ideology based on profit that ostracized us from our labor and profit and castigated our property. A point here about biases. I myself am biased, and I am here using bias in the sense as a starting point or hunch or hypothesis determined by a system of values with which one approaches and seeks to understand social reality and the world and one's thoughts. Say, for example, you have a bias. Many of you sit in the class and you may have feelings and emotions that is erupting as you think about the question, why is Jesus a Jew? Or as you think about this whole idea of tracing and critiquing and challenging your own history. These feelings come, you have these feelings because these feelings come from presuppositions you have that you are truly confident about and have developed a particular way of thinking that tells you or us in our mind that we have a monopoly on a particular thing. Like the Americans, and like people in, the, in general, we want to believe that we are better than what we are, or we want to believe that what we have is better than what you have, or we want to believe in a part, a kind of exceptionalism. I said to you, Charles Beard said of himself and other social scientists 
in the discussion of Harlem affairs. I found that there was no one without some bias and that those who pretended to be most unbiased either were indifferent or reflected an insidious form of bias. I got this from the book that I'm reading. It's that I'm gonna it's a recommended reading for you guys. It's called Dark Ghetto Dilemmas of Social Power by Kenneth Clark. Dark Ghetto Dilemmas of Social Power. And I found this book quite interesting. Because again, he said, I found that there was no one without some bias and that those who pretended to be most unbiased either were indifferent or reflected an insidious form of bias. In other words, presuppositions drive research and thought and practice. And one must be aware of this always. Yes, go ahead. Somebody was trying to say something just now? Anyways, let me continue. So, we have to think about that. I, According to uh, Kenneth Clark, on page 16 of the book, Dark Ghetto Dilemmas of Social Power, I remember him saying the role of the involved observer, however, we said as academics, we are studying studies. As academics, we are observers. But as Caribbean, as people doing Caribbean thought, trying to recapture Caribbean history, so that we can chart and transcend in the, for the 21st century that which is uniquely Caribbean, then we are involved. We are not just observers, but we are involved observers. The role and method of an involved observer is not an easy one to describe. that because we owe an obligation to do an, a, a systematic study of men in society. We have an obligation, I'm going to say it again, we have an obligation, especially as individuals at this level. Said to me, you don't sound Jamaican, and I said that's part of my problem. 
I, one day I went somewhere and I was not accepted. They said, no, you're not Jamaican. You don't sound Jamaican. I said, no, I'm Jamaican. And they said, you don't sound Jamaican. You're just trying to act Jamaican. And then again, and then, okay, fine. Let's not be Jamaican. Let's be American then. You're not American because the Americans don't see you as American. They see you as Jamaican. So there is always the issue of how things are viewed and the problem of determination because of the problem of analysis. Because in order to come to a conclusion, you have to do analysis. And what is involved in analysis is observation, systematic observation that is not necessarily objective, but that is influenced by a particular brand of thinking that bias our viewpoint and the way we study so i say to you just now that i myself am biased and you yourself is biased sorry you are so the method of study involves observation but the role of the involved observer however differs from the other two in that it demands participants not only in rituals and custom but in social competition with the hierarchy in dealing with the problems of the people we are seeking to understand. So, you know, people, there's a lot of research on Caribbean thinking, but most of the thinking was more from the outside. And usually those who are doing the study and those who are doing the observer, the observing, a lot then there's an issue of a hierarchy because then you are doing an observation from a particular privileged position what makes you an authority or what gives you the right to observe or to study anybody and then to formulate an opinion about them. But of course, we know about slaves from the outside. We know about the Caribbean from the outside. We have to, dip. so I'm, you, So that's the point I'm trying to make here. Earlier we talked about, in previous class, we talked about Descartes or Descartesian or Cartesian philosophy, where Descartes talks about, I think, therefore I am. You cannot, you, you don't know what what is in somebody else's mind unless you ask them because okay because you don't know of anything but your mind the, the involved observer runs the risk of joining in in the competition for status and power and cannot escape the turbulence and conflict inherent in the struggle Status and power, or status and power, has come to define humanity. From the outset when Cain killed Abel, it was about status and power. He wanted the status that was accorded to Abel by God. A status where he thought in his mind that Abel was more important than he was because God accepted Abel's sacrifice and gift. So there is always this need to plunder and to, 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 to devour the other. 
so that is what uh, Kenneth Clark is saying here. As we begin to study, I begin to look at studies, I begin to look at concepts, I begin to understand, we look at the Caribbean man and understand, even after you have come up with your own ideas and your own thoughts and now start to dissect your own thinking, you also need to consider that how you view society is not how the Boston view Carlos is not how the, the other Caribbean man within your own context view society. But a bias, when we talk about a bias, what is a bias? A bias used in this sense is a starting point or a hunch determined by a system of values with which one approaches and seeks to understand social reality. So in Caribbean thought, we're trying to understand social reality, but we know that we have biases, a starting point or a hunch. And so we have to be constantly aware of that as we begin to approach the subject matter. We have to also, as we, as, as we, the, the, um, Kenneth Clark in the book Dark Ghetto, Dilemmas of Social Power, he talks about the fact that, and you know, I actually was reading it earlier today and I said, oh my God, I have to share this with the class. He talks about a very important issue. Because I said to you, the Carib- what's the Caribbean? The Caribbean, if I ask you, the Caribbean is, the people associate the Caribbean as the ghetto. The Caribbean is seen as the dark ghetto, as a ghetto. The ghetto was the name for the Jewish quarter in the 16th century Venice. So, okay, that's what the ghetto was. The ghetto was the name of a Jewish quarter in Venice, in Italy. It came to mean any section of a city to which Jews were confined. Again, the, the name ghetto, it came to mean any section of a city to which Jews were confined. America has contributed has contributed to the concept of ghetto. And when we say America, I would, don't just think about the United States of America, but because the word America means the new world. The America has, America has come to define the new world. The global south, so the Caribbean, Jamaica is part, is part of the America. Just so you know. If you look at the map geographically, Jamaica is part of the Americas. Just so you know that. And then I didn't come to realize that until recently. About, about 10 years ago. Jamaica is part of the Caribbean. The Caribbean is part of the America. So we talk about America. America is, Jamaica is America. Okay? So now, and it's part of the new world that Columbus dominated. The dark, okay, so let's continue here. America has contributed to the concept of the ghetto, the restriction of persons. And what's the ghetto? When you look at the ghetto, Ghetto was developed in the Jewish quarter in Venice, in Italy. Okay? In the 16th century. Just so you know. The Caribbean is seen as the ghetto. People across the world, see, in the global world, see the Caribbean as a ghetto. I said to you earlier, the word, the book, The Wretched of the Earth. Who is he talking about? The the, the You and me, the former colonized man. Dirty Pretty Things in the movie, Steve by Stephen Frears, Dirty Pretty Things. Who are you talking about? Dirty Pretty Things, the black and brown man of the Caribbean, the, the, the immigrant. 
when I talk about in my book, the monster seeking to see with big teeth, the immigrant, that's what we are seeing. Always seeing, we're always developing policies against the immigrant or against the foreigner, against the, and who is the normally seen as the foreigner? And there's a movie called The Foreigner. The foreigner is always the, the man that is from the outside. The, the word foreigner, or anytime you hear the word foreigner, you have to look. What is it, how is he using the word foreigner? Is it, is it good or bad? But in this case, the for, the movie, the for, if you watch the Netflix movie, The Foreigner, the about the bad. The dirty, pretty things, the bad. The foreigner is always seen in those terms. The Caribbean man, the, the Jamaican, he's always seen as the foreigner. He's always traveling, he's always moving, he's always going somewhere. The black man, the brown man, he's always seen as the foreigner. He's always, always going somewhere, moving somewhere, trying to be somewhere. Okay, he's the foreigner trying to, in order to change his position in life, in order to change his plight. He's moving. He wants to get ahead in society. And in the next class, when we begin to watch the film, I'm going as we begin to watch the film, at the first hour of the film, I'm going to be talking about um, nomads and, oh, sorry, life. As, we're going to look at life and death next week. For the first 30 minutes, I'm going to give a, I'm going to talk about the film in a particular way, look at neoliberalism, it's about, life is about people and how people move and so on and so forth. But the foreigner is always, but people don't talk about, but it's not just the black and the brown man that's moving. But it's only the black and brown man that is seen as the foreigner. The foreigner. It's only the black and brown man that is seen as the other, as the one that is seeking to steal. Okay? And it's the black and the brown man that is always trying to leave the ghetto. Always try, you know, the ghetto, you don't want to live in the ghetto. The ghetto is a place where you are, when you look at, if, and if I ask you to write a paper or a journal in the ghetto, oh my God, now you're go, how you write is going to be different because you're not going to write in how you write. Because the ghetto is, can be seen ideologically as a place of, 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 of devoid, a place of lack, a place of inequality, a place of poverty, a place of restriction. Because remember, you know, ghetto is actually a place that existed. Ghetto was a place, was a Jewish place. It was a Jewish place in Italy in the 16th century. Okay. Prior to the um, prior to the um, just if the World War One, they created that, and all the Jews had to go live there. Okay, and they create, and it was a place of restriction. You couldn't leave that area. You couldn't leave that 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 place of restriction. So, I say, okay, write a journal about the ghetto without even saying, and just write about the ghetto. If I, say, if I were to say that, thank you for listening to the Neoliberal Round podcast. <clears throat> this is part three of a four-part series. We conclude the series next week, which I have, which I have indicated was a lecture that I had given to a student, um, to a, a lecture that I was teaching, I mean, a class that I was teaching, and, I was, and I'm sharing with you a lecture, one of the lectures that I did with some of the students, which I believe is quite important and vital as we think about the whole issue of identity, the whole issue of who we are and what we are and as a way of and that is important as we think about dealing with 
with some of the social ills and the decay in society and responding to the rise in crime and violence and so on and so forth. The, 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 you begin by having conversations like these so that we can start to revalue and respect the other because there's a loss of respect in society as well of the other. That doesn't mean that talk, sending a tweet that you may not like. That's not the issue. It's, it goes deeper than that. And um, the issue of poverty, the issue of social decay, in terms of the issue of socialization and, um, and parenting and what people are feeding their minds on, um, that disrespect and devalue. The young people, and I've, spoke, and I've talked about that, and you see young people continue to commit crime and violence, much of the crime and the violence in society. So those are some of the things that... Um, but we will continue to talk about the issue of the ghetto and um, the issue of the ghetto and wrap up this particular series which is at the end of the particular class. But thank you so much for supporting and, and supporting us here at the Neoliberal Round and Neoliberal Corporation. And you can visit us at theneoliberal.com. And, um, and please send us a feedback, share the show with your friends and donate, donate to us at https colon forward slash forward slash anchor dot fm slash the neoliberal slash support. What good?